the goldenagehorror.com podcast. This is episode 43, The Horror Chamber of Dr. Faustus. Check out the website, www.goldenagehorror.com, or stay tuned after the podcast for info and show notes. I'm glad you went by its proper American Christian name. <laughs> yeah, American Christian. <laughs> As opposed to the French Christians who called it Eyes Loaded Face. Did they call it that, or did they just call it that, but in French? Um, well, I think it's the Manster in, in pagan <laughs> French, and then Eyes Without a Face in regular French. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And then the proper and then the proper American English. The hard chamber of Dr. Faust. <laughs> this um time this period in time. This this this, 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 this episode. This, this evergreen moment in time. Yeah. We watched the nineteen sixty horror film Eyes Without a Face. I'm not gonna try to pronounce the pronounce the French. Give it a shot. Give it the old college guy. Le You Sans Visage. Close enough. That is close. I can't see it on the screen, so I trust you. That is close. My French accent is bad, though. I also never learned French, so I don't know how the pronunciations work. George Franju directed it, and it stars Pierre Brassard and Alida Valley, as well as um, uh, Edith Scobb, yeah. who plays uh, Christiane. So you want to give us the plot? Christiane Faustus. A young woman gets into a car accident, her face is horribly disfigured, and her parents, I assume they're both her parents, right? No. That woman is not her mother. Okay. Anyway, her, her that is her father, though, right? It is her father, yeah. He's a doctor, and he takes off the face of other girls mm-hmm. and slaps onto her face, but the skin keeps dying because you just can't do that. You can't just take off someone's face and put on someone, else, someone else's face and call the call the day. So yeah, so the surgeries fail. There's a um, a police subplot that doesn't really go anywhere. That doesn't really go anywhere. They kind of show up like we're gonna help, and then they just kind of like oh well, didn't work. And eventually, the daughter, once once the father's off the track, the daughter frees the final potential victim, frees all the dogs the father's been testing on who eat the father, mm-hmm. and then she just leaves. The woods. Yep. Kills the accomplice, non-mother. The non-mother accomplice. The non-mother accomplice. Not, not to be, not that that, that sentence implies that there's a mother accomplice, which there is not. This movie sort of occupies a, occupies a strange place. In the like world cinema or French cinema, yeah, because Franju was, um, at least the, around the time when this movie came out, he was generally, and this movie too was pretty well received by people like uh, the New Wave people. Yeah, but um, I don't, I can't recall uh, exactly what happened, so I'm probably gonna edit this last part of me saying this out. Yeah, but um, <laughs> later he um, he was sort of rejected by by the French New Wave people. And I know he's he actually is, he's older than like Truffaut or Godard. Yeah, I mean they eventually started not getting along with each other. Right, but his was a more immediate because I think um, I think he he sort of re- at least partially rejected the big thesis of um, like Truffaut, which was that the director is like that filmmaking is like completely top down. Uh. Which anyone who's worked on movies for especially people who worked in movies pre that school of thought yeah. would, would never claim that because a movie involves so many people. Right. And a director is more like a manager than a... A visionary. The, the auteur theory. That's, that's, right. that's, what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to think of. But, um... Um... French, you actually worked on, on silent movies and stuff. So he had a, he had a long career before this movie end. Uh, he was making movies into the 80s and 90s, I think. Yeah. Or at least into the 80s. I noticed that they actually... Reviews of Face Off, the John Woo movie... 
drew that the I haven't seen Face Off. Have you seen Face Off? Yeah, I, I never saw it, but I guess the it's, face it, transplant scene is similar, and the white doves thing. Um, I saw they were people suggested that maybe John has, this is a movie that John saw when he was a young boy. Yeah, maybe I was gonna, I was gonna I was gonna say from a white doves is also a John Woo thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because they're both because John Woo did Face, face Off, off yeah. right? And the doves just premiered earlier. Hmm. Yeah, well, I think the I think my 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 interpretation of that is that maybe this is a movie he saw when he was a kid, and this right. is like he's repeating imagery from. It's like how oh, what was that? What was that movie they saw? What was the movie the Daft Punk guy saw? Uh, Phantom of the Paradise. Right. Yes. It's like I saw that and said, "Yup, this is my entire world of view." Yeah. So the movie occupies a strange place in the in the cinema of the time because uh, it really wasn't received particularly well. Um, I can see here on the Wikipedia page, for example, that. Uh, People called it a repetition of German expressionism, or uh, the fact that it was like a pulp movie, and kind of that, and and specifically that six-minute um, face transplant scene. Yeah, made people sort of dismiss it as like a shocker. Right. Um, and I really think the German expressionism thing is, is kind of misplaced because it really doesn't feel like an expressionistic movie to me. Other than the, other than the yeah, I mean, it really doesn't feel like expressionism to me because there's no long shadows. There's no right. the sets are not generally filmed in such a way as to exaggerate the unreality it's all it's almost like it almost dwells in the reality of everything so much right. that it's almost like the opposite of expressionism to me i don't know that american trailer not only called it a shocker but referenced explicitly the cabinet of dr calieri i mean <laughs> so hey <laughs> two for america's batting two for two maybe maybe the film criticism from the 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 contemporary time was based entirely on the American trailer. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. <laughs> and uh, I can't, I don't see it in the um, Wikipedia article, but it was banned in, I believe, Scotland. Because I've read an interview with Frenju later in his life when he was talking about how weak the Scottish stomach must be yeah. or something like that. I mean, I will say that that scene is pretty upsetting. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't look super real. No. But I think in the right frame of mind, it's it was still upset. I, a lot of people. If they if they if they showed the eyes part, that would be too much for me. Well, I think the most upsetting part about it for me is that like is the idea of like getting knocked out and waking up without a face. Yeah, that's pretty upsetting, right? And yes. then the, obviously the way they and it's it's something that's repeated throughout the film, but it, I think that's the most compelling use of it is that scene is the way that um, again like the mundanity of everything. Yeah, it lingers for a long time on what they do. Yeah, it's like every, and that's, it's throughout the film. That's actually, I wrote it down to mention while we were watching it over. It, 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 everything takes a little bit longer because it's like very grounded in reality. Like every scene is like, it focuses on like the actions they're taking. Like when he's opening up the crypt. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, during the surgery, each time he pauses and asks for a new tool. And it's like, takes a second. There's lots of like looks exchanged between them, but. It's a lot of it's left to the subtext. I just think it's a really interesting um, approach for this kind of movie. Right, it's a, it's the less punctuated moments you expect from a shocker type. And this really isn't a shocker at all. But that's what I mean. Like, yeah, you you expect from some like something like this, like a horror movie of this era, to be punctuated by these sort of like shocking moments. Mm. There's there's a, there's a sharp stab in music, or it swells, and yet he like digs into something. And, um, but on the subject of this movie's reception is Frangio was previously well known for a movie called Blood of the Beasts, which was a sort of a expose documentary on the, uh, 
way French slaughterhouses were operated. Yeah. A lot of abattoirs and like dead animals and things. And I think the sensibility, I think the movies, I haven't seen Blood of the Beasts. It is actually on the Criterion Collection DVD that we watched or yeah. Blu-ray that we watched. Yes. But, um, I think there's probably a sensibility shared there because this movie does seem to be like, this movie ends with sort of a return to nature. Right. And she frees all the animals that were being experimented on by the doctor. Yeah. And it, was, it involves like a sort of a rejection. The the villain of the piece is this doctor, her father, and he... he Dr. Um, Faustus. Dr. F- <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Faustus. Dr. Yeah. say or something like that. Right. Um, he's definitely like a, he's a man of the time. He's a, he's a respected doctor and he's, you know, he's seen giving a lecture on his, his pioneering uh, heterographed face transplant technique. Yeah. Which is, which is what he does is he takes someone's face off and he puts it on someone else. He takes their face. Well, he uses a, he uses a bladed edge to remove the skin from their face. But anyway, this, 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 this person's, this doctor is, is portrayed as a, um, like a, a modern person, a person of science. Right. And I think the movie does. He's not a crank. I don't think it's really even subtextual that, the movie's like sort of rejecting that like we can fix anything sort of attitude because just because of the way he's characterized yeah. over and over again with like trust me i can fix it right don't you trust me i know my work better than anyone that kind of thing he just he just he, the dialogue sort of drives yeah. that point home over and over again and actually like now i think about it the the kind of slower paced scenes had that kind of almost documentarian feel to them they definitely do. Like, like they're not necessarily injecting what they believe about. They're sh- they're just sort of showing, you know, the mundane horrors of this situation, which is, you know, to take someone's face off, you got to spend a lot of time cutting and peeling. Yeah, it's true. It does not just pop right off, as it turns true. out. And actually, I read a um, a a paper called uh, "Post War Facial Reconstruction" by Stefanos Gerolanos of New York University. Just now. I'll read briefly from a couple. I got a couple good quotes from here, but I'll I'll, uh, All right. I'll link it in the show notes. The whole Ooh, paper. the show notes. Uh, of course, I don't think you'll be able to get to it unless you have like one of those academic uh, library type right. credentials. But you know, I'll link it anyway. At least I'll at least cite my work. You can at least you can read the abstract. Yeah, this is probably an abstract. But anyway, he he he, and I'm quoting quoting here a little bit. He he says that I've let a face extends Franju's work on institutional violence. So I guess Franju made a movie called. Hotel des Invalides, which was about um, the senseless violence of war. Um, I think it was a World War One or World War Two um, documentary about veterans from World War Two yeah. and their injuries. But uh, as in those films, friends, you hear foregrounds of violence that is too easily forgotten or discarded as contingent. Blood of the Beast showed in raw, realist terms the slaughter that sustains the cattle, horse, and sheep meat meat industry. While Hotel de Invalides attended to the senseless violence of war as covered up by claims to its glory. Eyes Without a Face similarly presents modernity as a convergence of technical kinds of violence that prey upon the weak, undermining rights and laws, and covering this up through the celebrated successes of medical and scientific innovation, namely aesthetic perfection and upper-class respectability. Sort of summarizes what we just talked about. Right. Um, There's also an interesting uh, section of that paper which talks about the theme of facial damage and the theme of replacing a face and with it one's identity while not being specific to f- French literature or something that seems to become comes back that fr- the French in particular seem to be coming back to over and over again around this time uh. and before with the man in the iron mask the phantom of the opera 
and uh, Victor Hugo is the man who laughed. And then there was the um, post-World War One obsession with the facial mutilies of trench warfare. So I guess that, that was something that um, in the previous century and the, the years leading up to this movie seemed to be a uh, French obsession. So what did you think of the film overall? Overall, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. Um, I really enjoy it. had I really like that mask. That's an excellent mask. It's like it's so simple, but because it, it, at the right angle and the right distance, it looks like a real face. It does. And I, I have to say that there's a part um, towards the end where she's. Um, I think what I think what the part is when they've got the last victim yeah. on the bed, and then they cut to her like as a scene's ending. They cut to her like perched on a on a. Like a chase lounge yeah just like looking at the camera sort of a weird air she's sort of like posed and it's just such a weird a weird shot and i just she looks really strange there yeah and i just think that really there's some really good shots with her in the mask right because it looks real but then it catches you at weird angles and that looks very uncanny it does so it has a kind of like dual a like dual effect you just consistently unnerving you because it looks just because like because of the color because of you know the way it's colored in black and white Mm -hmm. it just hits you enough times you go well like i don't think this would work the same if it was you know a white mask in in color in color yeah i agree or even even like a flesh tone one because it would have to be like really effectively flesh toned and even like the um the brief moment you get of the the scarring underneath looks real good it actually did look pretty good, I thought. Yeah. Like, because they, they were smart enough not to, like, show it in full focus. Right. But they did show it. And you, I mean, you got a, you got a, you get a sense of the, uh, of what she looks like under the mask. Which is, like, extensively damaged. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's pretty effective. And it also really draws you to, as the film points out, the actress's eyes. And she's got great, like, eyes. Her, her like, face in general is actually pretty, pretty good for this part, I think. Right. She's got, like, Obviously, she's a very attractive girl, but she's also got like a real. It's sort of like bird-like. I don't know if that's the right word, but I don't know. I just thought she acted very well with her eyes. She did. She did act very well with her eyes. Which, like, you, it was a lot of like body. You don't realize how much acting you have to do when you don't have a face, like with other parts. And like, she's got big, expressive eyes and uses them well. Uses them well and does a lot of good body acting, and it's very well portrayed as like this kind of unwilling participant in the whole thing. Sort of like she like she wants a face, but it, like she does want to be better because she you know wants her life back. Mm-hmm. But she's also in a very like deep depressed state where she doesn't she's not really motivated to take action. Yeah, even though she probably pretty firmly disagrees with what's going on. See, I'm not sure about that. I mean, I do think. I mean, definitely, this is this the character is like a character who's well, she's conflicted. She's definitely conflicted. She underwent a great trauma, and then she's being "quote unquote" treated for it by like being locked in her room and isolated, yeah. denied mirrors, fed with a straw. They make her wear that mask all the time. Yeah, because I think it was she could put out, she could put what was happening like out of sight, out of mind. Like seeing someone on a bed, they're just kind of like sleeping. Well, I to d- some extent, you know what I mean. I know, what you, I know exactly what you mean. And the, that shouldn't she, she like have to hear them or whatever. So. Right. But like to me, like that, there's a part in the movie like where you where you see her face or whatever. Yeah. It feels to me like she's going to show that girl her face. Yeah. Right. So what is the what is that? I mean, that feels. 
it's it does seem like she's conflicted. Yeah. And I think you know we like like any movie you get to the point where some where something has to change. Mm-hmm. So this is we see the moment where it changes where you know it's she's clearly it's gone through enough. Yeah, I mean, I just think like probably for for the character it was like how many surgeries can you withstand? Because each time right. the the graft fails, she has to have her face removed again. Yeah, that can't be pleasant. No, and it's well, like it can't be unpleasant having your face die over the course of like two weeks. Right. Yeah. The the so in the around the middle of the movie, they they the main transplant of this movie, the other victims were off were are painted to be prior to the start of the movie so the main transplant takes place in this movie you actually see her at first it seems like she's accept, her face is accepting the new skin and then um you see like a, through a series of mug shots you see her face reject the graft and grow necrotic and then have to be removed again and you see her back in the mask right so it's like for the characters have to relive that trauma over and over again yeah it sort of compounds the depression and trauma of the original event and her lifestyle. Yeah. For the most part, the acting is good. I, w- I will say that it does feel a bit stilted for, because I mean, this movie's on the cusp of like more realistic acting style. Yeah. I mean, all the American, like on the waterfront had already come out. Right. And um, the new wave had started Fellini's movies. So this is, the performances are very old fashioned and it probably hurt the movie at the time. Yeah. Um, but I think that since uh, 60 or 70 years has passed since the movie came out, it's like old movies are old movies and we're just used to How, see, yeah. seeing older style performances in old right. movies and we're not as worried about, even if in the context of the time it, it was old fashioned. Right. It doesn't matter as much now because it's just an old movie. Right. Because now it's like movies are different now. And obviously, mm-hmm. like even, even those old movies, you know, even French New Wave is very different now than it I, is. Than how movies are acted. It is. They're not nearly like making a lot of weird snide remarks. I mean, yeah, where's all the jokes? Where's the, where the quips? <laughs> where's them lacking any commitment to their own fiction? I mean, yeah, I was when I was watching this movie, I was like, this movie needs to be maybe forty-five minutes longer. Yeah, and we need to cut all of this stuff up with some jokes, right? You know, just pat it out a little bit, and then with the credits. Rolled. I was like, I was like on the edge of my seat for the first, first and second post credit yeah. sequences. I was waiting for, I was waiting for like um, them to open the door and be like Doctor Faustus, <laughs> and like then he is on the operating table. Oh shit! And she's got the scalpel. Oh shit! And the bird's there on her shoulder. <laughs> and the De- bird's wearing a little pearl choker. Yep. And no, no, it's wearing a little mask. Oh, a little mask. Perfect. And then dabs her forehead. And then the scalpel comes down, and then so wait, the bird's wearing a mask. Is she doing bird face swaps? <laughs> no, no, no. The bird's wearing the medical mask. Oh, the uh, okay, gotcha. This is like the operating room mask. Gotcha. And then it dabs her forehead, and then the scalpel comes down, and then boom, cuts the black. Would you call this movie a horror movie? Yes. Yeah, I would. Uh, I think this trades very much in the tropes of horror. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think. I mean, specifically, I for me personally, it's like this is a horror movie. I have to like it's more than I think like the plot necessarily for me. It's like, did something happen in this movie that's horrible, or did it make you think about something horrible? Right, and I mean that applies to a lot of movies, but um, I do think it's something that you you can tell when you experience it. Right, this, I mean this trades in the notes and the beats of a lot of horror movies of this time, even if it's not as ridiculous as like circus criminal hands or whatever throwing knives. The famous movie Circus Criminal Hands. 
It's actually Andrew's unpublished screenplay. <laughs> if you catch him at Starbucks, he'll give you a copy. Five copies. <laughs> Five copies. I throw, I throw them really fast though, with my circus <laughs> criminal hands. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes, circus criminal hands. I don't know yeah. what you mean. <laughs> it, it, it hits those a lot of beats. Like, there's a clear villain. It's sympath- I mean, it's very clearly sympathetic of its monster. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. Which is a which is definitely a different type of thing, like the well, it's like the Frankenstein thing, right? Which is somewhat, but I mean, a lot of the movies have were not sympathetic with. with that's it, true. It's 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 monster. I will say I will say that's a trope that the Universal movies all used pretty much. What the monster was generally sympathetic. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Like Dracula, even Dracula, even Dracula. Yeah, uh, Dracula is probably the least least so, but to some extent, I think he was. There was some dialogue in there that. Put him as sympathetic. Oh, um, Children of the Night. Children of the Night was the music they make. He's a music lover. We yeah. all love music. I love music. I love the Children of the Night. <laughs> I just I wanted to like when you said that I wanted to like start belting out the replacement song. I hate music. Do you know that song? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. Sometimes. Sometimes I, I don't. Obviously, we have to get to our next segment. Our, you know, our famous returning segment, our recurring segment that we have in every podcast. What's that? You know the one. You tell me you don't know the one. <laughs> Uh, it's like I feel like it's just like one of those like it's like dread is the feeling I'm feeling right now. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> because this one is we call it Who Wore It Better. Go on. It's our special one that we do specifically for foreign films. Uh-huh. In which we Who Wore It Better? The French version or the English trailer? Who wore it better? Definitely yeah. the English trailer. Yeah, I definitely the English trailer. Is that what you're saying? There's any question there. Can we talk a little bit about how because I've 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 come to start watching the English trailers for these foreign films. Yeah. With my own, which in itself is a is a fun little horror movie of its own. Well, they certainly misrepresent these movies all like, the fucking hell. <laughs> it is like I'm like I'm like oh what's this trailer going to be like? And then like within second it, it is that big block horror font. And it's like a tale of three horrors. Double shocking. Well, yeah, I mean, when we watched the... the First of all, this movie was a double feature with the Manster. <laughs> half man, half monster. Which, which, you know, all respect to the Manster. <laughs> not a movie of the same quality as High Without a Face. Have you ever seen the Manster? No. Then stop talking shit. I'll talk shit if I fucking feel like it. <laughs> Some of them sound like a half It's garbage, okay? It's a fucking garbage movie. But no. I, 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 it sounds like you're quite of a gangster, that is. Half, that's half man, half... Wait a minute! Oh no, that's one third man, one third monster, one third garbage. Well, I thought you, I know, I thought you were saying like that. I was against monsters. <laughs> I was a gangster. No, that's an a gangster. You are a gangster. Oh, okay, I just got confused. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a poor um, your portmanteau confused me. I'm gonna say I'm just a regular monster. Yeah, <laughs> monster mouth. I'll give you that much. Yeah. They do fuck up these trailers. The trailers do fuck up the movie, though. Yeah, like, wild, like... Bad. Real bad. And they definitely show the entire movie. They did this weird... They do this weird thing, and they definitely did it for this movie, where they cut together, like, every bit of... There's not a lot of things that happen in this movie. Right. Let's let's be honest. I mean, there's a lot of... This movie has a lot of space between things that happen. Right. There's a lot, a lot of spent time... A lot of time spent kind of face-off. And then this, a lot spent with police officers in a subplot that doesn't really do anything. That's kind of like it moves the plot along, but you didn't necessarily need it there. But they decided in the um, trailer for the for the film American movie, the Horror Chamber of Doctor Faustus, 
to just like just show it all to just like show every beat yeah you know and then explain them yeah and also really misrepresent like all of the characters like wildly kind of like because there's there's a lot of there's a lot of inherent tragedy to these characters i think there are yeah as masters as they are no i mean the characters are not masters at all i don't think in the in the movie right i think that this is a the characters pretty much experience like a uh you know serious dramatic events right and their reactions are serious mature reactions they're not it's not a melodrama really in any sense there there are a lot of them are tragic figures although you know tragic and like some with some with little redeeming qualities if if noble intentions Mm -hmm. but the film's like the perverse dr faustus yeah i mean just choosing to call him dr faustus is just it it should tell you all you need to know about the approach to the american marketing of this movie the the choice to a call it the horror chamber of dr faustus (laughs) exactly and b the double it up with the master Mm -hmm. a man cursed in the mysteries of japan to be half a man. Half stir. <laughs> half monster. All manster. But next episode, we're going to be watching Onibaba. Okay. It's a Japanese movie. It means demon lady. Demon grandma. Old demon lady. I I feel like I got this in stay, one. Stay I, tuned for next next episode I, when Andrew tells you what Onibaba means. I feel, like I, I feel like the last time we said this, I got, like, got this in one. All right. Onibaba. Is Baba grandmother or something? I assume so. I was pulling that from Baba Yaga. Well, that's Russian. Right. I mean, they're regionally close, though. And they do have a little bit of overlap. I suppose. Historically. So words can travel. Words can travel. Oni is like the ghost thing. Like demon. No, Oni's demon. I think Yokai. Yokai is ghost. Yokai is ghost. Fair, fair. So the way we've sort of structured the foreign horror podcast, roughly, is like we jump between Japan or Asian, but really just Japan because I don't think they're... I'm not aware of any... Uh... No, Zhangxi. Zhangxi? Those are like the uh, the demons that hop because they're bound at their feet. From China. I'm not aware of any Chinese um, like horror movies, even if they have the frog. frog they're not frogs. They hop. Zhangxi. <laughs> I believe is the word. Okay. No, I believe you. They're not frogs. They hop, though. I like that. Well, because their feet are bound. Their feet are tied together. But frogs hop. See. They do, so that's why I found that. But found that what you said was comical, not they, because of anything you said specifically. I, they, I, mean, I understand you're doing a thing with your hands right now, which are, translates very well into the microphone. But the thing you said was, "They're not frogs; they hop," which I liked because frogs hop. So the way you said it, even though you don't, I know you weren't saying that. It was yeah. like you were making a logical proof. <laughs> like, but they're not cats; they meow. But to be fair, you know what else hops? Masters. <laughs> I'm not. I wasn't gonna say it. He did right off the building, though. He did. So, he did hop. Well, he was being chased by policemen. Yeah. Because I hate monsters. Fucking. When will monsters catch a break? You know, Andrew. Yes. We'd like to start taking listener questions and comments on the show. I only answer. I know that, Andrew, you would specifically <laughs> love to. Sorry, if I, if I gave him your personal phone number. So here it is 508 817 3408. That is me. All you Master Maniacs out there. <laughs> 508-817-3408 that's our voicemail leave us a voicemail we'll play it back here in this room if you want 
regardless of what you want or not. <laughs> no, no. We will play it back. Some people then we'll riff on it for twenty to twenty five minutes. Some people might want us, us to hear their voices, but no one else to hear their voices. Well, those people should call your personal cell phone number. No, that's not. Which, go ahead and direct message me on Twitter at the Water Method. I'll give you out that. Any literally anyone who asks, can have your cell phone number. One eight hundred Manster. One eight hundred Manster. One eight hundred Man. Andrew is at Pizza Pranks on Twitter. Yeah, I'm at the Water Method. Uh, this was episode forty. Three. Three. Yep. Eyes without a face. You can visit our website, goldenagehorror.com, for more information, show notes, other podcasts. If you liked it, leave a rating or review on iTunes or your podcast catcher of choice. Of choice. Um, if you didn't like it, Stitcher. If just, just Beyond just, Pod. If you didn't like it, just write it down on a piece of paper <laughs> and put it somewhere safe so that every time you feel, feel like you need to share that, you can just look at it and smile that. You really told us how bad it was. Yeah. And if you do like it, leave a five star review. If you, yeah, hey, five star review. Uh, Andrew will send you a twenty five dollars Amazon gift card if you send uh, nope. a five star review. I will send you a I will send you a hand drawn picture of the monster. Okay. That may, that's a, that's actually a promise. Okay. It will not be. Uh, I'm not going to get your address because that'd be weird. I will just. He's going to actually like. He's going to hand draw a picture of the man's and just put it on a shelf with all, with all, his, <laughs> with all his negative reviews of this podcast um, you're kind of like blowing my spot what I do over this podcast when I go home <laughs> um, we have a mailing list on our website um, I'm actually I'm going to be setting up uh, just like an automatic post master to, a day post to mailing list uh, wordpress to mailing list uh, integration here so that any, anytime we post a new episode you get an email and there is no other emails involved like I'm not going to email you to tell you about my day what if I did give you some answers though? What are you What are you saying? If you want, like, a, oh, there's gonna be a separate email. There's gonna be a separate mailing list if you want to be doing the master day list. <laughs> the master blast. If you're interested in sharing your data with the entire world, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com/allgodthisyear. Andrew's website is pizzapranks.itch.io. Yeah. Soon we'll just get the regular. Soon it'll be cleaned up, and I'll just have the regular .com again. Uh, our theme music is the Swan Lake dub by Dubology. Onibaba, uh, it's a Japanese movie. It's actually uh, by the same director as Kuroneko, Okay. which is a movie I think we liked. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. So thanks for listening. That episode is www.goldenagehorror.com. That episode? God damn, you screwed up. Got to read it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> that website is www.goldenagehorror.com. Can you get um?